When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Master Mindset Podcast, episode 120. We have a special guest today, Laura M. Wild. Uh, she is a zone coach, a holistic mental performance specialist for elite performers. She trains athletes in the NC2A, WNBA, NBA, NFL, and major leagues, among others. Uh, Laura is in this emerging field of holistic mental performance as a quantum, as in mind-body uh, medicine practitioner. She's a meditation coach, a mental resilience and consistency, and consistency specialist, and is an advanced and certified practitioner of quantum healing energy work. Uh, she was a two-sport college athlete, a college coach, and she was just amazing to sit down and learn from. I learned things like, you know, what is a supra mental performance coach? We talk about uh, intuition, superpowers, uh, teaching in that field, quantum sports, medicine, uh, resilience, you know, mindfulness, being in the zone. Uh, so much good stuff if you're a performer, if you're in business, if you're a parent. So much great stuff we learned from Laura today. So sit back, take notes. Let's learn from Laura M. Wild. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Master Mindset Podcast. I'm so excited to have Laura M. Wild on the show. Now, check us out, team. She is a supra mental performance coach. So let's talk about, Laura, that name, Supra. Give us some background on that. Well, you know, I noticed when I was explaining mental performance coach, I'd always have to add in a lot of stuff because I do mind-body medicine. And so I want to go really, uh, I want people to go beyond their mind and look at that. I always, you know, I say the soul or what else is going on. Like what's filling your mind? Where does that come from? Let's go to that space. Let's kind of get back and look at the mind instead of trying to be all of in the mind. So if I can look at my mind, I have some power over it. So to me, the supra, the word actually just means beyond mental. And so, and every mental performance coach knows this. Like we all know this. We all know that we're actually, the goal is to go beyond the mental. That's why we teach meditation, right? So I think mental performance coach is a very limiting term for the field. And it also allows everyone to claim the title. And it's really a title that I think uh, few people are really mastering. So I was like, how do I make this stand out? That was it. Yeah, and I'm a student of the mental game, the mental training mindset, you know, being your best, the laws of success. And your background is completely unique. Like the things you've done, the titles, the words you use, the how you combine them together. It's so cool. And more people need to hear about this, but I would love to learn how you got into this. Yeah, it's funny because if someone had asked me if I was gonna, like if I, my goal was never to be a mental performance coach in the NBA, that was never a goal. My goal was to be in the NBA starting at 17 when I was a girl, they were like, no. <laughs> So I found a way there and um, I just, I was training as a healing practitioner. I was learning how to be a healer in 2008 and one day I just clicked and I realized that if athletes were going to be getting better, that they had to actually understand why they do what they do, like from the good behavior to the bad behavior. So the mind body aspect really breaks it down so they can actually recognize the belief systems they carry and how that can make them, you know, not make free throws or how the 
the PTSD of their ancestors can get in the way of them scoring 25 points a game or getting that max contract. So I realized I could bring these two crazy, awesome worlds together, like pro sports and like mind, body, holistic medicine and create something really special. So the term mental performance was kind of there. So I had to fit in there to fit in anywhere. So I was like, all right, I'm a mental performance coach. Yeah, I'll be that. And then once I got in that position, I could kind of expand out from there. So was there a moment that happened that clicked for you? Like um, whether pain, success, or you observe somebody struggling or you were struggling that said, this is something that I need to know, that I need to like teach. Yeah, there, uh, in, in, around, in around like the early 2000s, I was really depressed. I was taking a lot of Prozac. Like the doctor would be like, you're taking more Prozac than anyone I've ever known. I should write an article about you. And I was like, wow, that's not a good thing that you say that. So I got fired from my doctor because I said, I'm going to go off Prozac cold turkey. And the doctor was like, no, you can't do that. I was like, I'm doing it. So I went, I literally went vegetarian and went off gluten in one day and went off Prozac the same day. And I've like literally never looked back. And I was like, huh, so my food has something to do with depression. And, you know, it may sound dumb now, but back in 2005, that wasn't a dumb idea. That was a new idea. And I started reading blood type books and I learned about nutrition and food and I changed my diet. And I was like, wait, this is something real. But then I didn't get a hundred percent what I wanted. Right. I'm like, huh, I'm still not like firing at all. Like I'm not the best I can be right now. So I changed. And from there, I went into a state of recognizing the mindset. And that's when I learned mind body medicine. But the, the, the moment for me was really when I realized that all the fear the doctor put in me from getting off Prozac was not reasonable. Like I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. And I realized I kept thinking I wouldn't be fine. And then I changed and I let my mind like take over. I'm great. I'm perfect. I'm thriving. And the combination of that allowed me to see how, wow, I can get myself out of these spots. I have tools. I can stop this. And I started meditating with, uh, with Michael Beckwith and this guy from India that would fly into town and we'd all sit around and meditate for hours and hours. And I would leave feeling so peaceful. It's so amazing. So that was what I wanted to bring to athletes. Like they would love this feeling, you know? That's it. Now, can you give us maybe what are, what's like one or two? Because people are always looking for tools. There's no hacks. There's no quick fix of anything. But like if there's one or two tools that you reflect on that really got you out of that funk, you know? Um, yeah, I would say like I had a really fast heart rate because I was always really stressed. So one of the things the meditation teacher taught us was just to sit and breathe. And so I would close my eyes because I was not going to meditate at first. Like, no, I don't have time for this. I can't meditate. I had lots of excuses, but someone convinced me to sit and just close my eyes and breathe, which I was tricked, right? I was totally tricked into meditating, but it worked. I would close my eyes and breathe and my heart rate would go down. So to me, the physiological difference or the physiology changing, oh, my heart rate slowed down when I closed my eyes and was breathing. Okay. Maybe that makes sense. But so the breathing, simple breathing was great. And then visualization, like I've always been a visualizer since I was 17, I was imagining myself making great passes, free throws, et cetera. So when I close my eyes and breathe, I just start to see myself being a badass. Like, and you should think about this, like you can do superhuman mental reps. And those to me, is like, I would imagine myself dunking. I would imagine myself scoring 200 points in a game. And I would imagine that. So my subconscious mind got to expand its possibilities. So. You know, my goal was like, what morphogenic field can I break? Like Roger Bannister ran a four minute mile. What can I do this lifetime? It's kind of like that. I'm not sure I, I have that idea yet. It's probably not going to be in athletics at this point, but there are things we can do beyond the typical human capacity if we expand our capacity. And we can do that best, I think, through our mind and our, our subconscious mind's training. 
Yeah, and one of my uh, favorite quotes, my like tagline on my podcast is the body has limits, but the mind is limitless. Yep. That you just combine superhuman when you visualize, do like see yourself doing superhuman things. And the, the brain cannot tell the difference between a real imagined event. So when you're putting yourself in yeah. these settings and you use imagery, all your senses, all your feeling, your subconscious recognizes this or in that moment, you attract or you create these images that you created. So it's like, why wouldn't we all do this? Like we all have access to this power. So it's like, how have you seen convincing the performers? You work with every league, it looks like on your website and your training, every, every, every major like pro athlete there is. I know they're looking for the, that edge and this information's kind of been out. It's not like crazy new, but are people able to say, yeah, this is for, for me or they, I don't know, you know? Yeah, I think the, here's the thing is, I think everyone says, yes, uh, I'm into this, I'll do this, almost everyone. But then the actual doing of it is the problem. So it, the, to me, the issue is never, hey, this would work. Yeah, I know that works. Yeah, text me, get at me, you know? Okay, next time I see you. And it's easy to procrastinate the meditation or diving into it within our soul because the ego doesn't want us to, right? Let's just like, let's be real that there's part of us that would rather us stay in this state. And our brain is naturally lazy and our brain does not want us to succeed automatically because you know what success means is hard work and the brain is really wired just to survive. So when we want to use all kinds of energy to do great things, there's this inner resistance. So I feel like we have to get past the inner resistance. And to me, the best way to do that is meditating. And I was telling him, one of my friends is a, was an ex-football guy. His name is Prince. And he played at, in Georgia, football, played football. And he's had some amazing moments. And he lived in a monastery at some point in time. And we were talking today. And I was like, you know, I bet our future self is talking to us all the time. So if our future self is out there somewhere, like just say, we take the quantum physics, you know, as they say it is. Oh, time and space don't exist. But what if there's this future self of us whispering in our ear all these things we should be doing? And, or what if it's just God talking? And the only way to hear is to sit down. Like people say, oh, I pray all the time. I can't meditate. No, like, do you really think that you're inspiring source or God if you're just yapping in God's ear? Like, no, like, let's listen. Like, I want to hear the wisdom of the things and people and beings that are bigger than I and have done more than I have. Well, I think people like, well, I, I can't, I can't meditate. It was like, well, you practice like twice. You learn how to shoot a free throw and finish with your off hand, you know, to, to do a crossover or whatever, of a pullback, it's going to take some repetition. So it's like, um, what advice would you give people that, oh, I've heard the power of mindfulness or to visualize or meditation, but I, I really suck at it. Like any. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I loved that. People bring that to me all the time. And it's like, if you, started learning how to shoot free throws, you would not make 10 out of 10 until you've been doing it maybe five years. Like I still don't make 10 out of 10 normal, you know, regularly. I can, but I don't every time. So, you know, how dare you judge yourself and say you had a bad meditation? Because like a bad meditation doesn't exist because anything that feels bad, oh, my brain was racing. Great, your ego was letting go of stuff. Like about, what do they say? A bad meditation is a good day for the soul. So. There's no reason to worry about that. I even tell guys, okay, just meditate for 10 seconds. Can you meditate for 10 seconds? And that's like, duh, of course I can. And like, how did you get to be so good? You can do it. Like you said, you can do a step back in the NBA, but you can't like spend 30 seconds meditating. So I just say, just start with 30 seconds. And they always love it. They go, oh, I had to add another minute. And so you make it, you, it's like there, uh, there's this article I read a long time ago about how to train a whale. And the way they would train whales is by putting something at the bottom of the pool and the whale would swim over it and get a treat. 
And so eventually the whale's leaping out of the water, going over the stick or whatever it is. Not that I'm like buying into animal cruelty or anything, no politics here. Um, but the way you train a whale is you let the whale float over the thing at the bottom of the water. And then eventually when it jumps out, it's like, wow, but the whale's still, you know, it's not much different to the whale than baby steps, the first step. So for the athlete, it's like that. Okay, just meditate for 30 seconds. And then tomorrow, 31 seconds. They can't say no to that, right? Because then, then they look silly if they say no to that. <laughs> well, it's true. It's like, and you don't think that you are going to be called upon to perform when there's like pressure. I know you talk about, which is joy. When you feel pressure, that's actually joy. You and Graham Betcha are one of my boys. I'm the best in the game. We can talk Graham. about whatever. But um, talking about getting in the zone, I know I, some of your, your um, content talks about the zone. And really the, the zone is you're not judging, you're present, there's no time, there's no good or bad. You're completely immersed in the moment, you're saturated in the moment. And that's what mindfulness training is really doing. So it's like, yeah. you, you can just snap your finger and get into the zone, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. So when I think of stillness, I think you're training your mind, like who's walking who, the dog or the master, like your brain, the monkey mind, it wants to run it all over the place, but you have to train it, be still, be present, notice, you don't have to uh, judge. But let's talk about the zone. If, if you, okay. if, if you, yes. So I feel like there's, uh, there's a path and along the path is the zone, but it's interesting because like, it's, I couldn't say there's a fork in the road. One is the zone and one is mindfulness because they, they kind of encompass each other. When I teach people how to get in the zone, the people who meditate have an easier time because they don't have to overcome themselves and their crazy monkey mind. So the zone to me, uh, and the way I teach it is a very like specialized way. It's like, you're literally creating a pathway for yourself to your subconscious mind. I even call it the magic castle. Like your subconscious mind becomes a magic castle in class. And then you go there and you practice your game. And so all you have to do is when you get into the zone, you walk on this pathway that you've trained yourself to get to. And now you're in this magic castle. And guess what's in there? A gym, a baseball field, a a pool if you're a swimmer or a gymnastics uh, arena so people actually train their minds to like literally they imagine themselves walking into this special gym and then they close the door behind them and the world leaves and they go in that space and i always say it's your cosmic arena like practice in this cosmic space where quantum physics is uh, is real like where it just takes ever takes over everything so suddenly they can recognize all the possibilities they have these superhuman connections and in the zone that we call it the collective unconscious and what's interesting about that is it's like everyone's there. Every, every blueprint of all the, the humans exists in this subconscious or this uh, conscious, the, uh, the unconscious area, which means you can literally tap into your favorite athlete. Like for me, if I'm gonna take tennis lessons and someone's beating me, I tap into my inner Serena. And I've had players tap into their, their Kobe, their LeBron, their Jordan. And they're like, whoa, I did that. And that was a better game for me. So there is something real about being able to tap into a blueprint of another athlete. And I don't think people need me to train them. I think everyone's capable of doing any of the things anyone teaches on their own in general, right? I mean, maybe I can't like learn how to sell on Amazon without a trainer, but someone could certainly practice like mindfulness and visualization and learn how to get either in the zone or learn how to, you know, have this complete feeling of alignment with their soul through meditation with or without a teacher. Cause it's really there for all of us. It's like, it's, if it's a secret of the universe, then I don't hold the key to it. I share it. You know, I might share it and I might even charge money to share it, but I'm, I'm a, you know, I will share it, but it doesn't mean you can't find out on your own how to get to the zone. Yeah. And let's talk about um, intuition and um, you, I wrote down quantum sports 
medicine. Yeah. Maybe those two thoughts or those, that, that space. <laughs> well, I'll start with my favorite because intuition is great. I've been using it my whole life, but quantum sports medicine is a really important addition to the field of um, healthcare for athletes. And I created this with a, a colleague slash my mentor, a, a physician, a Western medicine physician, Dr. Rico Nelson. And quantum sports medicine allows athletes to have, you know, to heal their injuries more quickly. It's like, you know, the idea is this, we let, okay, let's say my ankles hurt and it's hurt for two weeks, but my big purpose is to play, you know, to win the championship. And I love to use like examples, like you saw Giannis for the Bucks be injured. You know, it's like, no, your soul does not want you to be injured. Your ego does, your father, cause you didn't win. Like you're, it's easier to be hurt than to lose. So if, what if your soul could tell your body that it was fine? What if you could get rid of the ambivalence you have? Like if we're injured and sick, there's an ambivalence. The ambivalence is, hey, being great would be awesome, but it's a lot of work and it's more than I can handle. And if I'm great, I'll have to wake up early in the morning. People will want me and I'll get lots of emails that I can't answer. And I might fail if I'm trying to be great. So the ambivalence within us, we, I call it like we destroy the ambivalence with quantum sports medicine. So you get rid of whatever the thing is that's keeping us from healing. Cause our, usually our emotional body and our mental body get in the way. The physical body is pretty cool, but then you add in the emotions of like fear and self-sabotage and the worry and you add in mental, like the, the bad thoughts. And now the ankle can't heal as quickly. So if you just go to this next level of quantum, you know, the cosmic energy field or our intuitive body, those parts of us want us to have a healthy ankle and score 25 points a game and win a world championship. So we bypass the ego in this type of work and it's really effective. Like people get better really fast. Like, you know, physical therapists sometimes don't like it when I say things, they say that's impossible. No one can get better that fast. It's like, well, that's because for that system, it's true. But for this system, it's a different system. So the, the roles are different. The results are different as well. Yeah, there's so much evidence on mind, mind body healing. I, I believe in medicine and, and rehabbing, you know, but also I think to give yourself the best chance going to the mind gym and doing some rehabbing emotionally, physically, spiritually, uh, in, in your mind. But people just don't want to be, be still. I think that's the biggest problem. People don't have yeah, the they don't. focus to just be still. Um, they don't I, want to be in the thought. scared them, right? Yeah, well, they don't want to be still because it's like, if I'm still, I will hear myself. Like they don't want to face themselves. Like how many people can look at the mirror? Like I practice this. How, how many of us can look in the mirror for one, two, three, four, five minutes solid into our own eyes? Like most people can't do that. But like, to me, that's how I start to see that I'm just not this body. And so even that's too much for most people. So. Yeah. And I was, and you, you mentioned the word ego. And I feel like that's the biggest obstacle for us to, to find our inner greatness. Um, yeah. Worrying about what other people think, worrying about failure. Um, yeah. Do you have any nuggets on that? Because I, I struggled with that a long time, you know, as a former college athlete in business yeah. sales, starting my own business, it's like worrying about failure and worrying about yeah. how I look, you know? Yeah. I always think it's about making uh, friends with our ego. We don't want to, we don't want to destroy the ego by any means. The ego keeps us alive and it keeps us making good decisions. Like, oh, I'm not going to walk in front of cars. I'm important. But I think if we can make friends with it and then start, what, the, the goal really is just to observe all of it and all of us. And this is why meditation is such a big part of mental performance. Like I don't, to me, mental, mental performance and meditation are not the same thing. Meditation is one tool of being a great elite performer and kind of mastering the ego to the point where it follows us more often than we are controlled by it is really key. And I like to like, 
I like to write stuff down like, oh, I just heard this thought and I'll write it down like, who said that, me? Or was that like the egoic part of me? Like, you, we, I think we all have these conversations in our head and then later I'll be like, wow, I really had a whole conversation in my head about dumb stuff. It didn't matter, like ridiculous stuff, maybe even negativity. It's like, oh, that's the ego, like, nah, 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 nah. you know, the, the little nitpicky part of us that doesn't surrender to love and peace. And so, you know, if we focus on being the light, the ego, you know, can be, begin to obey because the light's more powerful and stronger than any ego we could ever have. And to me, the, one of the fastest ways to get there is just with stillness and breath and meditation. And our ego will be tamed. Like you don't have to do specific exercises. You just have to sit and observe and notice like what's in my head. And I think we get confused about meditation. We think I have to not think about anything during meditation. It's really not that. It's that you don't get caught up in your thoughts. Like it's like you literally like watching the credits on the movie. You want to go from the credits being your thoughts to you watching the credits on the screen. And if you can watch the credits scroll down the screen, you know, I don't watch the credits in the movie screen and get like get freaked out or scream or yell or cry. I just watch them, you know? And so we want to have this sort of unattached connection, not detached, but like an unattached connection to all of our thoughts and little things going on. And then we really do master the ego that way. I see. Well, I, I noticed uh, in your in your page on Instagram, your son is a dancer. I, I did I did ballet for like two years as a kid. Oh right? man! I do. My uh, mom taught aerobics. I can hear the eight count. Um, <laughs> being a father of five, you know, talking about teaching the, the mental side of life um, of wellness. Yeah. Like, how have you taught your, your your son this stuff? I mean, have you made this part of your? You know, you want to mentor your your children. Uh, yeah. Maybe as parents, is there any of this stuff that that we can uh, use? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, with my son, I mean, I, I started doing this work when he was, you know, I mean, all my whole life, I've been part of this work. When I was 17, I read The Power of Positive Thinking. So it's always been within me, but I would hand my son books. And obviously, I mean, honestly, for our, my own kid, it's probably the hardest. Like recently, he's like, huh, you're successful. He really believes in me now. But I think there was a point where he was like, that's just my mom. And then suddenly he's like, whoa, she works in the NBA. Okay, wait, she's on a podcast, like people, she's on the radio. So my own kid is like buying in hundred percent now where he wasn't before, but for parents, I, you know, I, if I had a kid ever again, I would have my child meditate from birth. Honestly, I would just have this little quiet period and quiet time. Cause I've had two and three year olds who can meditate. You just say, Oh, let's all breathe together. And you sit in a circle and I like to have kids uh, create a default statement that they always say. So when they get upset at school or they get nervous about sports and the default statement is something like either something really simple, like I'm okay, or I meant to be great. Or, you know, some kids can say things like I am great, but I noticed with the nine-year-olds that I work with, they're still kind of figuring things out. And so just to have a phrase like that, and then you kind of say, hey, what's your phrase? So you can see your kid across the field and maybe you have a signal like tap here. And if you, they tap, you tap your heart, it reminds them to say their phrase. So you wanna really connect something that you can do across the court, across the field, wherever they are competing, or even if you see them like, you know, at graduation ceremony, cre create something special where you tap or you have a little symbol or a signal and that means something. And it means something really positive and powerful, even if it's just, I love you. So creating these little things so that you actually are constantly feeding your kids' minds with positive things. Uh, there's this theory, if I could tell you, called the theory of dissipative structures. And what the theory says is basically this, uh, when in our waking state, our brain is in the alpha, right? And it's kind of, so it's a solid matter. And then as we go into the alpha state or like we're more in the meditative state, alpha or theta, 
our brain becomes a little more energetic and the structure loosens. And whatever we feed to our brain in this looser structure, then when we go back to the regular waking state, it stays there. So the idea is like have a cup of water and then you put rose petals in it and then you freeze it. So, right, so the brain is a frozen chunk of water, you thaw it out, you add rose petals to the water and you refreeze it. And if you add dirt, then you're gonna have a brain full of dirt. But if you add rose petals, you'll have a really beautiful mindset. So what kind of rose petals can you be adding to your kids? Maybe when they're sleeping, I used to whisper stuff in my son's ear. My son's like, he's like amazing. He's a Russian ballet dancer. His girlfriend is a prima ballerina in the Russian ballet. Like, you know, these kids are incredible. And I think that we can be reprogramming our children's minds a lot. So everything we say to a young child is gonna be sitting in their head forever, right? I mean, it's so important, zero through seven, you create everything. So that's what I did with my kid. I literally would say things like, I made sure my kid thought I was the most important, powerful person. Um, So I'd say, you see that building? Yeah, I built that. You did mommy? Yep, I built that building. So even though it was a complete and absolute lie, my kid kind of was like, man, my mom's really cool. So when I said, don't smoke, he listened to me and not, you know, his friend's parents. So I just created this kind of larger than life thing for my son as a kid. I didn't go too crazy with it. You know, building a building is not that big of a deal, but I made sure he saw me as someone who was capable of great things. And then I kept on that. And so I think for him, he really recognized that he wanted to elevate. And I always said, Hey, you know, your job is to be a little better than me, but also be happy. So I always let him know, like, even if you, you're, we put all this time into ballet and you quit, you know, go for happiness because wherever you go for that, as long as you're working hard, things will, good things can really happen. So for him, you know, I got to see, he's my greatest experiment, right? I got to see what happens when you feed a kid positive thoughts. I'm not, you know, I know as a parent, I still have regrets like, oh, I remember when I was mean and I said these things, but I also know that I was becoming very aware of how he needed to be pumped up. And, you know, I'd write little notes and send them to school. Like I figured out what my son's love languages were. His love language is gifts, and words, uh, words like words of affection. So he can live in Russia and be happy as long as he has enough money to survive, which now he earns money. And if I text him nice words. So if you know your kid's love language, you'll be able to show them how they're great in their own love language. And I, it's like a free test online. So things like that are what I've been using to help my kid you know, feel great and be great. Yeah, with, with my kids, every time I, I hug them, which I try to hug them all the time, is I just say things like, you're a hard worker, you're a great sister, you know, you, um, you're, you're, you're kind, you're, you're generous, you know, you can do challenging things. I love you so much. You're, you know, you're loved, you're, you know, all this stuff, just make them feel, just say these things into them. Just see little hugs. I'll say like, I'll just pick two or three things when I hug them. Um, yeah. and just like, just model the, model it, model the behaviors. Yeah. Remember the movie, The Help and yeah. Viola Davis, like she literally became famous for that. You is kind, you is important. You know, and that's what she told the little girl. Kind of parties part. We have that in our own kitchen. My wife made those those affirmations in our kitchen. They're in our kitchen, uh, but we're in a different they, house. They, they pillows. I want the pillow that I saw online that someone made with those affirmations. Okay, so the last question: uh, Twelve rituals for champions. Uh, come on, yeah. I, I downloaded the, the. Hey, listen, go to to your website. Maybe you can give us the website to, or your on Instagram. Yeah. Download yeah. this free this free handout that you can work on if you're a family, if you're a coach, if you're in business, doesn't matter. Everyone needs stuff to this. But I wrote down grin, stock your thoughts, <laughs> embrace your significance. Those are my three favorite. So maybe uh, yeah. to wrap up, you know, 12 rituals or chambers or just rituals, routines. I know you talk about um, resilience training, like, like wellness training. That's a, a, a training you do. 
but maybe yeah. maybe give us a few of these lasting nuggets that, that we can we can do yeah well the, one of the things about grinning that's so important is that even though we know our mind affects the body we also know the body affects the mind so changing the posture and grinning adds you know beautiful chemicals to our brain it starts to lighten us up and make us feel better and embrace your your magnificence your significance for me that really is about like I like to write down my best qualities. And so I have to remind myself myself of who I am and who I'm meant to be. Um, and there's one in there called 68 second principle. I think that's probably my favorite one. If you can fill your mind for that long, like literally have someone else time or set a calendar and time it or a, a timer on your phone. And for over a minute, for 68 seconds straight, you're going to sit and just think the positive thought over and over again. That's what it takes to interrupt a really negative belief. And so we have to be using our phone, self, our smartphones to help us like move forward in the world. And you have to really be mindful, I should say, and intentional about reprogramming your subconscious mind because we can overcome any old thought, any old trauma or any old belief system by reprogramming that way. And you want to be speaking positivity over your body because your cells are always listening. Every day we get 500 million new cells and I want my cells to show up and be like, man, this chick is cool. And they don't show up from outside of us, right? They show up from within our other cells. So we can create a tipping point for health, wellness, and positive mindset by repeating positive things to ourselves. And use all your senses, right? Like smell, I would say smell money, like literally smell money because it will reprogram your limbic brain, your mind, your fight or flight modality in your brain to feel abundant. And you wanna actually see things on your wall. You wanna see your affirmations. You wanna re replay them into your mind at night as you fall asleep. Because when your brain's turning from ice to water, put the rose petals in so that when you wake up, you have this beautiful brain full of all these nuggets and rose petals and pretty things and feel good, you know, mindset that's going to really change your life like one day at a time and 500 million cells at a time. Man, I love that your cells are listening. It's true. It's like we can think ourselves into sickness. We can think ourselves into health. Yeah times too. Yeah. And uh, Laura, I wrote down so much stuff. I mean, we're talking about supra mental performance, intuition, superpowers, quantum sports medicine, resilience, wellness training, 68 second rule. I mean, tap into your um, like a, a superhero or an athlete or performer that you want to be like and start activating those things. Um, watch the, the credits of, you know, when you're looking at mindfulness, the cosmic gym, the magic castle is your subconscious. This is freaking amazing stuff. So um, I want more people to have access to your content, to your teachings. Can you let us know like where we can learn? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my, well, I love Instagram. It's I'm Laura Mitchell Wild on Instagram. And then my website, which you can actually get on Instagram. My website's lauramwild.com. And uh, I'm also going to be doing some mindset stuff on Clubhouse with Graham Betchard on Clubhouse on Laura M. Wild. I mean, it's like the new thing, right? So I got to shout it out. So, but lauramwild.com takes you everywhere. I, I appreciate it. you so much. And I love your, by the way, I love your book master your mindset it's yeah thank you yeah that's been yeah i just love to help people i i struggled for a long time i i, I hid anxiety i hid you know if i wasn't perfect i wasn't worthy of love so just kind of giving oh. my that that, that self-compassion yeah. and just having a heart of gratitude and service my goal in life is to be a g gratitude giving growing every single day so thank you for giving and serving us i'm grateful for you um i know i'm growing i took a lot of good stuff but um lord we never like become an og Hey, I'm trying I'm to get that, that original gratitude giving, growing, you know, dude. Uh, how about or like grandpa? I'm doing this stuff when I'm old. Um, so we end this with every every show, Lord. The body has limits, but the mind is limitless. All right, thanks. Agreed.